0: Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show. The best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, and welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. Here we are once again, back talking about retirement, back talking about that most exciting period of your whole entire life, because it's the time in your life where you get to go out and do all those things you didn't have the opportunity to do during your working years, at least for many of you. You were too busy uh, working, taking care of the kids, doing all the things for other people. Now it's your time to go out and enjoy those retirement years. If you'd like to learn more about what we can do to help you get safely through retirement, go to our website, retirementriskadvisors.com. Here you will be able to get access to all of the resources we offer, my new book, Getting Safely Through Retirement, as well as our Shatter event, four-hour deep dive course, helping you better understand the various risks that you're going to face in retirement, as well as solutions out there that help you solve those risks. Today, we're going to be talking about Social Security. To help me with this, I brought in one of my team members, uh, one of the individuals we have working for us that is a Social Security expert. She's also a junior advisor for Retirement Risk Advisors. Her name is Alicia Wright. Alicia, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dave. I'm super excited to be here and excited to talk about Social Security. It's new for me, but I really enjoy talking about it.
0: Yeah, she's one who grabbed the bull by the horns, uh, as you may say, Uh, when it came to Social Security. It was something that she had not spent her career doing, but realized that there was an opportunity to really help people. And so, uh, what, has it been about a year now, Alicia, that you uh, went through the course?
1: Not quite. I actually got my NSSA back in June. So it's only been about six or seven months.
0: Wow. Well, she does uh, heads up a lot of our planning. I still do a lot of social security planning myself uh, as well, but we make a good tag team in going through and covering this topic. So today we're going to be answering a bunch of questions that have been given to us. But before we get into there, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your background and history.
1: Yeah. So I am new to the financial industry. I actually started by getting my degree in human development, but as I was looking for jobs and what I wanted to do with my career, with uh, what I wanted to do for my family, I came across this opportunity to work for RRA. I've known Dave for a really, really long time and he gave me the opportunity to come on board. At first, it was just to start learning, help out where I could, see what I may like, To learn more about, get education on. But then as we got further in, I decided, hey, you know, I really like the financial advising side of it. It's really great to be able to better understand people in their situations and be able to help them in that area of their lives, in finances, where that is such a big part of everyone's lives. Also, the social security. Originally, it was to see how I would do with it. But since I've learned about it, I really enjoy it. I've had a chance to teach so many of our clients about it, help them through their situations. And I realized just how important this is since everyone is going to have social security in their retirement.
0: Yeah, when we look at it, 96% of retirees will use Social Security. Those who don't, the majority of them are individuals that make so much money, they just don't claim because it's not going to change any of their retirement. And then you've got a segment that may not qualify, a smaller segment that may not qualify. So it is an important topic. Well, I want to get on to the questions today because that's really what people come for. Make sure they can get answers to their questions as well. And at the end, if you have your own questions, please feel free to submit those through our website. We'll happily answer those for you. So Ali, you ready for the first question here? I am. My husband is 70 and collecting his social security benefits. I am still working and only 62. So we're paying taxes on his benefits. Should I retire soon to avoid paying further taxes on both benefits at some time? And that's from Susan.
1: Susan, you may not like this answer, but it just kind of depends on your personal situation. I would need more information in order to give you an exact answer on this, but some things that we consider for this question, are you financially able to retire right now or are you still relying on that income? Do you want to retire or are you looking to retire just because of the taxes? What is your provisional income without your job income that you currently have? And provisional income, that's the income that you're receiving that causes your social security to be taxed and it's not just your job earnings. It can be a lot of other things. What's your tax filing status? That plays a part in what part of your social security is taxed. Are there other concerns besides just the taxes? Are you concerned about running out of money? Are you concerned that your benefits aren't going to be big enough? Do you need to keep working because your higher earning years are now and so it's going to have a big impact on the benefits that you're going to receive? There's a lot of different things that go into this to look at this. And I understand no one wants to pay taxes that they don't have to. We're all looking to try and not pay taxes if we can, but this is a situation where it's not a simple answer. We really do need to look at a lot more. And the good news is, is that yeah, you may be paying taxes now while you're still working to make sure that everything else is going to work for your retirement, but it may only be for a couple of years. And then once you retire, those taxes will go away if you're in the right position to do so. And we, are able to help. You may have another advisor who's able to help you with that. As far as whether or not you should retire just because of taxes, I personally would say no. But at the same time, like I said, we need to know more about your situation to be able to truly answer that question for you.
0: To me, it's really the tail wagging the dog situation a little bit here. And, and Susan, as we look at it, a lot of what Ali says here is so important because if we're just looking at the tax bill, which that's going to be a percentage, you know, his social security, maybe 85% of your husband's social security is getting taxed at whatever your tax rate is. Maybe it's 12, 24 or 32, whatever it is, whatever that rate is, but you may be given it, as you said, Alicia, you, she may be giving up Fifty, dollars dollars $200,000 of income to save $10,000 of tax? Well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's really the true tell wagging the dog story versus saying, let's look at this uh, overall. And that's one of the things at least you bring up is really that hopefully people understand and maybe you can talk a little bit about it is just the complexity of the program. It's not a black and white, hey, I, I come in, I've got a simple question and they answer. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I have seen this so many times and it can be difficult. It can be scary. Social security isn't maybe as clear and simple as a lot of people want it to be or think it might be. There is a lot that goes into this and that's where experts like me come in a lot of handy because we're knowledgeable in this. We know what goes into this. We know what questions to ask so that we can address your concerns in regards to social security and also make sure that you're making the best decisions when when it comes to claiming your benefit. It's not just, hey, yeah, I can tell you to go claim at this age just by you asking and you're good to go. We really do need to take your information and look at it and see what kind of uh, situations, what kind of facts impact those benefits for you.
0: Alicia, thank you so much. next question here is from Marcy. I have been a widow for three years now and I've been receiving my husband's benefits. How do survivor benefits work with Social Security when I go to claim my own benefits?
1: Good question, Marcy. So when you go to claim, you're going to want to look at your personal benefit amount and your survivor benefit amount. Because when it comes to it, you want to make sure that you're getting the greater benefit amount so that you can have that money to use for whatever you need or want to use it for. If you're personal benefit ends up being greater, then you will switch over. So you'll stop the survivor benefit and you'll switch to your personal benefit. If the survivor benefit is greater, then I would continue with the survivor benefit. Just know it's either or. You won't be able to get both and for sure go with the one that is the greater amount.
0: Great information. And it is something that people struggle to fully understand, the survivor benefits. We see it all the time where people have misunderstood it and many times missed out on a lot of money that they could have button, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's important to understand that because oftentimes you're getting an increase in your benefits that you wouldn't have otherwise. So you want to make sure that you have someone on your team to help you understand this so that you are getting all the money you can from social security to help you with all of your retirement goals. Exactly.
0: There's nothing wrong with you getting 100% of what you're entitled to. So if you look at it, it's not like you're cheating the system, that you're out there getting benefits you shouldn't be getting. I talk about that from a tax side as someone who's done taxes, a big share of my life is if you're following the rules and it allows you to get benefits from the tax system, you're entitled to all of those. There's nothing wrong about you getting the benefits that the government's offering you as an American citizen. And the same thing as we look at Social Security, if there are extra benefits there from a, a deceased spouse, maybe even a an ex-spouse that has passed away and we don't have time to get into all those details or your own work record. Definitely a lot of money to be had there that we want to make sure you get. Alicia, the next question we have here is what is the best age to start Social Security? One of my favorite questions out there. We get asked it all the time. What's the best age?
1: Well, like I mentioned earlier, I can't just give you an age just because you ask. I need to know your circumstances, your situation. I need to know all of your facts that go into Social Security. So some of the things that we look at, are you married or are you single? What is your income history? How long are you planning to continue to work? How long do you expect to live? You may not believe this, but life expectancy plays a big part in knowing when you should start your social security benefit. As you can see, there is a lot that needs to be taken into consideration in order to give you an answer to this question. It's not just, yep, this is the age just by looking at you. No, we really need to know who you are so that we can give you the right benefit amount, the right age, age and also the right benefits. Like Dave said, there are a lot that depending on your situation, you could have three, four, five different benefit amounts to choose from that you may not even know about. And so we want to make sure that we're looking at everything so that you are getting every penny that you qualify for from social security.
0: Most of you know that I have a lot of children. I've got eight kids. And in the process of trying to help them get educated and learn and do the things that they need to, many times they'd have questions that I couldn't answer, but someone in a room would be able to answer. And so I'd tell them to go ask them, go talk to an aunt and uncle, go talk to a friend, go talk to a stranger. See if you can get the answer. And many times they'd be, no, I'm too afraid. I'm too shy. Well, the true answer to that always was the worst they can tell you is no. You know, If you want something, you're trying to get it. The worst thing they can tell you is no. Hopefully we did a a little better than that today, Alicia. I know we didn't give him the yes. We didn't say yes. We've got the perfect answer. Here's where it is. We also didn't say no, there's no solution. It's just going to take maybe a little bit more work than oftentimes people would like it to take. Next question here is from William. How is full retirement age calculated and how does this impact delayed credits?
1: To answer your question, William, full retirement age is based on the year that you were born. So currently, because of that, we are in a bit of a sliding scale on what full retirement age is. It's not the same for everyone. A lot of people have already reached their full retirement age, but right now for those born 1954 or earlier, their full retirement age was 66. Those born 1960 or later, their full retirement age is going to be 67. And then those years in between, Between 1995 to 1959, it adds two months for each year, so that's where the sliding scale comes into play. So for 1955, it's 62 and two months. 1956, 66 and four months. 1957 is 66 and six months. 1958, 66 and eight months. And 1959 is 66 and ten months. So that is based on the year that you were born. As far as affecting any delayed credits, the amount that you get for a delayed credit is the same for everyone. So it's two thirds of 1% per month, or if you happen to have a full year of delayed credits, it's 8% per year and that you can earn those until age 70. The thing that is impacted is how many delayed credits you'll be able to receive. So of course, someone who was born in 1954, they're going to get more delayed credits than someone who was born in 1960 or later because their full retirement age is a full year before. And so that's what's impacted by your full retirement age is how many delayed credits you end up receiving.
0: Great answer. Two things I do want to make sure we're clear on here. Alicia accidentally said for 1955 that it was 62 years and two months. It's 66 years and two months. So just know that. I think hopefully everybody got that as she was going through talking about each of the additional years. And then remember for these delayed credits, they start at your full retirement age. And again, I think she did a pretty good job in making you clear on that. We just don't want any stones left unturned out there. If you've got questions, want to make sure you're getting the answers. This next question is very interesting to me because it's not the first time we've got this question. In fact, I got this from one of my really good friends who had been through a divorce and it ended up getting divorced. And the question here is from Peter saying, I was married to my ex-wife for 16 years. Can she claim off my benefits? Now, before you answer that, the issue with my client was he was saying, look, I don't want her to be able to get any benefits off my work record. What can I do to stop it? We got divorced for a reason. I don't want her to get any benefits. With that in mind, talk a little bit about what this looks like for those ex-spouses.
1: I mean, unfortunately for those who don't want their exes claiming off of their benefits, but I guess fortunately for those exes, she can claim off of your benefits as long as she hasn't remarried and you have been married for 10 years. So in the situation of Peter here, you've been married for 16 years in the past. She is eligible as long as she hasn't remarried and she is entitled to 50% of your, what's called your PIA or basically your full retirement benefit amount. So there's nothing you can do to stop that. I'm sorry to say that. In fact, she could claim without you ever knowing because it doesn't affect your benefits. It doesn't affect anyone else's benefits off of your record. She could go in and claim and start receiving her benefits and you could never know.
0: And that's the key to remember. It's not going to hurt you. And that's what I told my client. Just get over it. She may be claiming them already for all you know, and it's okay. You you can move on, realize that that wasn't a perfect relationship for either of you, but you need to forgive, forget, and and move forward. Alicia, we've got another question here, and this one is from Linda. Can my Medicare premium impact my Social Security benefits?
1: Yes and no. Let me kind of explain that. For your Medicare premiums, particularly the Part B premium is the one that you often end up paying, you can opt to have it deducted from your Social Security benefit. Instead of needing to pay an extra bill, you can just say, okay, take this out of my Social Security. It will already be paid and then I'll receive the rest of my Social Security that wasn't put towards the Medicare premiums. With that though, we all know that the premiums go up And they can get more expensive, but there is a provision called Hold Harmless. So, what Hold Harmless does is it says that if Medicare increases more than your Social Security does, or even if Social Security just stays the same, you aren't going to experience any decreases to your Social Security benefits. So, if for the year Medicare premiums go up $100, but Social Security either stays the same or goes up $50, just as an example, you won't experience the Medicare premium increase. So it could mean that your premiums stay the same as long as you are paying them from your social security until social security goes up enough to cover the cost of that.
0: Really good information there as you look at it that hold harmless was a big bill when it came through and a big issue because part of the issue was people were saying, I'm on a fixed budget. I've got used to spending this amount of money. Now we're going to have a reduction next year because my Medicare is more than my social security increase, I got." problems. And so I think an appropriate bill to pass, especially for those lower income individuals, great answer and great information there. Next question here is from Jared. What are the thresholds for social security being taxed?
1: So the threshold for social security taxes are based on the three different filing situations. So if you were single and then your provisional income, which is what we kind of mentioned earlier, it's the income coming in that qualifies for social security being taxed. And what goes into that? is probably a an answer for another day of discussion, but there are several things that go into that. If your provisional income is between $25,000 and $34,000, then up to 50% of your benefits may be taxed if you're single. And then if it exceeds that $34,000, then up to 85% of your benefits may be taxed. If you're married filing jointly and your combined provisional income between you and your spouse is between $32,000 and then up to $44,000, then up to 50% of your Benefits may be taxed. And if it exceeds that 44000 then up to 85% of your benefits may be taxed. And then the last one is if you're married filing separately, your provisional income is zero or above, then you're going to be taxed. If you don't take that married filing jointly, you don't get the benefit of having that higher provisional income. The provisional income, these thresholds, they do not adjust. They've been this way for a really long time. Um, of course, we all hope that they'll adjust it, but we don't think it will because. Because it helps to continue to fund the social security. As far as the 85%, I know that this is a question that usually follows this up. 85% is what the government says you didn't pay taxes on to begin with. That's the amount that your employer paid for you as far as your benefits go.
0: One of the other questions that I get asked oftentimes is in regards to should I file separate you know, or separate myself in retirement from a tax standpoint? And we talked about there for a married filing Separate, coupled with Social Security, not going to prove to be a good decision for you. And we see that with many other things. My recommendation uh, is to stay together. And, and two, again, you should never let taxes—really, that, that side taxes—split uh, your relationship in, in any way. In my opinion, you know, if you're joint and you're doing everything joint, do those things together. But in retirement, again, you'll you'll suffer some consequences if you choose to separate all of that out. Next question for you, Alicia, is: Will my pension affect my husband's Social Security benefits? And that. that's That's from Gail.
1: Thank you for your question Gail. This is also a topic that we get a lot of questions on because this one is another one that can be kind of tricky to understand. I had a client recently who we had this situation that they had a pension and they wanted to know how it affected their social security and we had to spend several months really trying to go over it to make sure that we were getting all the information correct and also helping them to understand what the effect was. So in your case Gail, no, your pension does not affect your husband's benefit. It only affects the benefits that you will receive. So that's your personal benefit and then any benefits you may receive as a spouse. So that's the spousal boost or the survivor benefit if your husband passes away first. And this is if it's a non-covered pension. So there are some people you have pensions, you've continued to pay into social security even with that pension, you won't be affected at all. It's for those who have a pension from their employer and they also, because of that pension they didn't have to pay social security tax while they were working. That's when you get affected by your pension on your benefits.
0: Next question here is from Raymond. I'm hoping that this is Raymond Romano from Everyone Loves Raymond, Manny from the Ice Age. I'm going to pretend it is. I'm not sure that that's who asked this question, but it is from Raymond. Just hoping that's who it's from. How many work credits do I need to qualify for social security?
1: Everyone needs 40 credits. And so that equates to about 10 years of work since in one year, you can only earn four credits a year. With that though, one thing that's nice is you don't have to earn your credits throughout the year. You can earn it at any point. So if someone says, Hey, I'm like a student in college. They're saying, Hey, I can't handle working and going to school at the same time. I'm just going to get a summer job. Awesome. You can work during the summer and get all your credits during that time. Or maybe you you decide, hey, I'm only going to work for half the year and take the other half off as a vacation or whatever it may be, then as long as you're earning enough, you can earn your credits during that first half. Um, With that, we're coming up on 2024 and the amount that you need to be able to earn a credit for the year is $1,730. So for the first four times you earn $1,730, you'll get a credit.
0: Okay, perfect. And if that was Ray Romano, I want to get connected with Sid, the sloth, my favorite uh, character from Ice Age. And if you've not yet watched Ice Age, it's been around and there's what, two, three, four different versions. Absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. When we look at the uh, animated movies that are out there, absolutely a great uh, movie. With that, Alicia, we have reached the end of our time. We've got more questions that I wish we had time to go over. Hopefully we can have you back here soon where we can get into the additional questions plus others that we get on a continual basis. So thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me and I would love to come back on. I love being able to help everyone understand this better and make sure that they're educated.
0: Wonderful. Well, if you are trying to get to a safe and secure retirement, go to our website, retirementriskadvisors.com. If you've got more questions on this or any other topic, submit those to our website till we get about 5,000 questions a year. Hard to believe that that many people are trying to get advice from our organization, but we're happy to share our knowledge, help people out, and would love one of your questions to be part of that, to be able to help you get to a safe and secure retirement. My name's Dave Hall. I'm your host. Look forward to seeing each of you again next week, where we'll break down another risk facing your retirement. Hey, if you liked what you heard and you want more retirement risk education or you're interested in signing up for any of our many retirement focused webinars, make sure you check out our website at retirementriskadvisors.com. We have a lot of great resources, tools, and information on retirement available to you right at your fingertips. And if you're on social media, you can find us at Retirement Risk Advisors on Instagram and Facebook. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Retirement Risks show with our host and retirement risk expert, Dave Hall. We here at RRA don't just get you to retirement, we get you safely through retirement. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back with you again soon.